Welcome to the Genesis 215 Campaign Podcast with your hosts, Abby and Jamie Bedwell. This podcast is sponsored by Sky Ocean Rescue and supported by the United Nations Association, London and Southeast Region. Welcome to today's podcast. On today's episode, we will be talking to Trek Bicycles, arguably one of the biggest bike brands in the world. Yep, we're going to be talking with a guy called Jez Loftus about their sustainability report released in 2020. We're really excited to bring it to you, so let's get into it. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Genesis 215 campaign podcast. I'm here myself, Jamie Bedwell, my wife. Abby Bedwell. Hello, Abby. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and we are joined today with a very special guest from Trek Bicycles, uh, Jez Loftus. Jez, can you just introduce yourself for us? Yeah, hi, Jamie, Abby and everyone else listening. Um, yeah, my name's Jez. I've been at Trek almost 15 years now. And I suppose I'm, well, my official titles, and I have to think about this, UK media and PR specialist, but that encompasses everything dealing with the general sort of bike media and all other media, uh, sponsorship, riders, and everything in between. But, yeah, that can be anything from working events to speaking to people on the dailies. Um, my background, I did actually used to work in the bike shop and then ended up working at um, Future Publishing, which was sort of published a load of bike titles and still does. Um, so, yeah, that's how I ended up moving to Trek after working magazines <laughs> and, and websites just about was started when I left so yeah well here you are and yes. we really really appreciate your time um, with us today we are going to start off um, today with a quote that Abby's going to read for us so um, the Trex president uh, John Burke uh, quoted what we call the sustainability report that we're talking about today um, and he starts that with the quote, the greatest threat to our planet is the belief that someone else will save it. And that's really why we're here today is because we, you know, we're not trying to, we know that we're not going to be able to save the world, the three of us. But we know that if we're going to do something about it, then each of us has got to do something about it and not just leave it for the next person. So that's why we're here. And we're today going to be talking about uh, Trek are the very first bicycle company to um, produce a sustainability audit or report and it you might think oh my god that sounds horrendously boring it's not and we're going to just uh, cherry pick a few things out of it today um, and really just keep it concise fun as we like to keep it on the podcast um, but informative and then if you want to go and read it it's a 40 page document um, that you can access via the uh, Trek website with lots of nice photos and quotes, um, but so interesting. And they, uh, Trek essentially hired an a external company to produce this report for them. Um, it's, it covers a full year of manufacturing before uh, the pandemic. And it's brilliant. It's so good to see a, um, a bicycle company on the, for, on the forefront doing that. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna pick Jez's brains today. Um, now I'm just gonna begin start us off with with packaging. Now that there's quite a lot of changes Trek are making within their sustainability report, we're not gonna go into detail about each and every one of them because we don't want to bore you. But if you do want to read up on more of those, we'll we'll attach the link 
to that so you can do that in your own time um but for those of you that have been following mine and jamie's journey with the genesis 215 campaign it was really kick-started by when he got a new bike and it came in its box and we couldn't believe how many pieces of single-use plastic were wrapped around this bike it was a good 20 between 20 and 30 odd pieces and just the fact that all of it was single-use there was nothing cardboard or recyclable in there um, and so a couple of years ago, I think we started researching just to see if anyone was making any changes around that. Um, and Trek are really at the forefront of making that positive change, which is why we're speaking with Jez today. Um, Jez, do you want to give us a bit of information about the packaging change and for those that aren't, those of our listeners yeah, that aren't necessarily... It's... It's a really complicated and interesting subject. You know, there's people dedicated to this is their full-time job to look at packaging yeah. wow. and working with our vendors. And this has always been the case. Um, and it's not as simple as it seems, just taking out bits of single-use plastic is not an easy task. Um, again, there's various reasons behind that. And the big thing about a lot of the packaging is we need it to protect the bikes because we don't want to ship the bikes halfway around the world and then have to return them. Of course, so of course. bikes have to be protected. But yeah, there was a department task a long time ago, actually, of looking out how we can change the packaging. Um, and if you look in the report, the best ones, page or the best example to look at is the case of the Malin, which is our highest per volume bike. Sales, we sell a lot of these bikes, so that's what we tackled first and sort of use that as the test case. Can we reduce the single-use plastic packaging on that bike? Um, I think there was something like 24 items of plastic Correct. wrapping yeah. on that bike, and we reduced that by half. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but that pretty much takes out 50 tonnes of plastic away from that one model line, which is big amount of waste mm -hmm. and what we've done from that is we've learned and we now carry it out on every other model line of bikes um so we run i mean i think this we've run over 200 different model lines wow so that's overall sad. that's a lot of packaging that has been taken out of the system and it's continually changing as well this is a continuous job um the thing about the sustainability report is that it took two years to get those figures and then report on it and there'll be a new version out soon and it's you know we've got the momentum for change now and things are changing for the better that's great thanks jez um so it's great that you guys are also updating it as well i mean that's that's really great to hear that you guys are keeping yourself accountable you know you're not getting anyone to force you to do that and i mean you're um, seeing it firsthand in the bike shop as well yeah i mean it's so. great to get the, the trek bike boxes in just to compare them to the other brands just how much difference there can be in what turns up in a trek bike box and we can actually recycle compared to other brands but the yeah and i think I, I mean in fairness to other brands as well and what we do and i'm not obviously i work for trek and i want to share <laughs> trek and stuff but we share what we found with other manufacturers as well yeah. Um, a lot of bikes get made in the same factory in Taiwan or China. And, you know, there's a lot of collaboration between brands in actually mm. reducing this sort of waste. Um, so we definitely share what we find and hope other brands will sort of adopt. She's super helpful that we, because yeah. that's how we move forward. As a group of people, we're, we're not going to get anywhere if we just 
yeah. If shared knowledge is, it saves everybody having to do the same oh, totally. thing. Oh, totally. And, and uh, yeah, and that happens more than you think. I mean, I'm in marketing and PR, so, you know, obviously Trek's the best, but actually there's <laughs> a lot of talking goes on behind the scenes. Good. So, um, Jez, when you made, when you guys made these changes to the packaging, just out of interest, is it more expensive for you guys to be using the recyclable materials or is it pretty... Yeah, it, uh, so initially, yeah, it's more expensive to make changes and yeah. find out what we can use to replace that single-use plastic. Um, but eventually, and we're seeing that already, the costs are coming down. There's lower weight involved in shipping these bikes now. Okay. Um, we're sourcing new materials, and supply chain is actually getting better, even though yeah. it doesn't actually feel like it. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about ocean plastics. We spend a lot of time swimming in the sea in the summer um, for training for our events, and we have also seen firsthand how much stuff there is in the sea. You know, we we turned up to the beach before and there was just a mattress just washed up. in the water. And, you know, beach rubbish first thing in the morning before the council have come along is is scary. Um, Trek, in 2017, became a founding member of Next Wave. Can you talk to us a little bit about who or what Next Wave is and also their partnership um, going forward as well to reduce plastic packaging in the, in the ocean? Yeah, so Next Wave Plastics is basically, it's a consortium of companies and they sort of set themselves out to be dedicated to finding new solutions and tackle the, you know, it's a staggering amount of plastic that ends up in the ocean. So yeah, it's just basically consortium companies getting together and we work with, particularly with the Ocean Recycle Plastics, a company called Burrio. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they also work with Dell Computers, Patagonia, they make they, they, they basically supply ocean recycled plastics and work on integrating that in companies' supply chains as well. Um, it's very hard to get consistent, good quality ocean recycled plastics. So that was why it's quite important to work with other companies again on getting this sorted. And again, as we go forward in time, ocean recycled plastics, you know, it's almost a bit of a fashion thing at the moment. So even though back in 2017 like you said we started with the back cage that was just like can we actually get something made out of ocean recycled plastics uh the answer was yeah it was tricky at first um as we've got used to working with our vendors again and getting the supply of that plastic things have become easier so you'll see it on more and more products um and that again is changing all the time with, with introducing it within different product lines on the bikes and the parts and accessories as well. I want to tell our listeners a little bit about the Batcage. It's so simple, yet so effective. So my understanding is that since basically the inception of, of Trek, you had a water bottle cage that you never changed. There was no need to. It was simple. It was effective. It's a water bottle cage. It's cheap and cheerful. Everybody has one on their bike. So you go years and years and years, uh, 21 years, in fact, without changing this product and then through this partnership with Next Wave and uh, using um, recy- or recycling materials or single-use plastics and from the sea, you've then come up with your most established product that you haven't changed, probably one of your cheapest products, and you've used recycl- recycled fishing nets. In fact, just one, one of these bottle cages removes 1,745 kilograms of discarded fishing nets from our ocean every year. That's one cage. That, that's just, a, that's mind-blowing. And 
it's really fantastic. You know, th- that, that just shows how, you know, people think, I think, uh, I hear a lot of people saying, you know, well, it's not, it's not, you know, me changing one thing or buying one thing different from the shop. It's not really changing much. It's, you know, it's the big companies. It's, you know, th- they've got to make their changes. If they made the changes, we wouldn't really need to. Yet, that just completely goes against that. You buy, you buy yourself one, <laughs> one bottle cage and it saved 1,745 kilograms of discarded fishing nets. Spot on. I love it. <laughs> yeah, there's a load of... Um, it's kind of the things now that you don't see as well. So products engineers will be looking at things like... Even things like battery covers for e-bikes... Um, armor covers for the bikes loads of those little plastic bits that end up on a bike we're, we're sort of asking the questions where can we get that plastic from can it be ocean recycled plastic so there's a lot of work going on just gradually introducing it just so it becomes part of the process of building a bike so th- there's a lot of work goes on to that sort of selection of materials and sourcing those materials as well which is a really big part of the sort of problem as well now, just we spoke uh, a little before when we've been organising uh, this podcast about uh, the new speed concept. I, I have to tell listeners, I've been so excited for my new bike. I'm I'm waiting on my new time trial bike. It's really just been released um, by Trek. In fact, Jess, have you seen it yet? I've. <laughs> we had. What's I doing? I was. We've got James Golding, who's one of my sort of sponsored athletes. I was. We had his frame in last week so i've just seen uh, one last week nice uh, um yeah they look great I, I mean i'm sort of yeah i'm too old to ride a bike like that now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it it's so different yeah it's an exciting product it sure. is it's and serious super bike it is a super bike <laughs> i described it as what to one of my patients the other week as it's like buying a lamborghini but as a oh like it's a just bike. it's so different and what i love about it is just it's just so well put together. Every, every iteration of it changes, but it, it just seems so simple and perfect. And, and, and yeah, it just it went together really well. And there's just so many elements to that bike. Well, I have had to learn to be very patient, and I'm <laughs> I'm waiting for it to come because um, it as it is a new bike, you know they're just getting released and dropped off. But one of the things I'm, I've been made aware of because of the the bicycle shop that Abby works in in the Cycle Shack, who are actually providing our bikes for us this year, which is really exciting. Um, and moving forwards, the the bike will come to the Cycle Shack on a certain day. In fact, it might even come today, being a Wednesday. <laughs> and th- that's because Wednesday is the Cycle Shack in Eastbourne's, it's their shipping day. So, um, so it used to be a case of, as a shop, we could order some inner tubes on a Monday and they'd arrive on a Tuesday. Then on Tuesday we could order some bike racks and they'd arrive on a Wednesday and so on. We could place an order every day of the week and we'd get five different orders that day. But Trek have changed that with the consolidated shipping days. So it's one day a week now, which, I mean, it makes perfect sense and customers seem to be fairly happy to wait. Um, I know you're waiting for your bike and you're excited for it, but And actually, uh, yeah, kind of joking aside, if I have to wait a few extra days for my bike, which obviously I'm really excited about, because the company has said, look, we are only going to ship all your stuff on one day, then I think as a you know, as part of the general public, we really need to get our priorities set straight. You know, 
is it that important to us that we get our bike kind of two, three days earlier? You know, it's, it's within a working week. It's going to be no more than seven days. So is it that much more important or the massive amount of carbon that's being saved from the delivery and the shipping and everything that goes into that? Just will you talk to us a little bit more about in terms of the figures? Um, what's changed since this, this got started? Yeah, this is a weird one because I used to work in a bike shop mm-hmm. and you used to get your order one day of the week. You know, this say the Madison order used to arrive on Wednesday and stuff like that. And you used to have to wait for it. And everyone's just forgotten what that used to be like. Yeah. Um, until the pandemic came along, funnily enough, and supply chain <laughs> just went out the window, which sort of helped. But we were working on consolidated shipping for quite some time and it actually started. In the, in, I'm in the Netherlands, which is our main European warehouse, and they were just holding orders until a certain day. So just putting orders for retail, If, like you said before, if you've ordered separate parts, okay, that's all going to go out on one day when we've got a group of orders for that one particular sh- store. Um, and it, they've been really successful for it. So we started that EU, and then we rolled it out. Um, America is uh, trying it. It's a very different country it's a very big country with different supply chain networks so they're introducing it over there um but yeah we, we saw a sort of 40 percent increase in all our cons- sort of consolidated shipping numbers um but yeah it's something that we're sort of working towards and we want 100 percent consolidated shipping by 2024 um so that's the goal and yeah we're sort of just approaching halfway there at the moment yeah and i think you know when i you know talk to my parents as Things, I think we do. We are going to have to go back to how things were with you know, my parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, because we need. Yeah, I think we do need to kind of realign our priorities. Actually, what is more important to us? Is it protecting our children's future and the environment that they live in, or is it that we get our parcel the next day? Yeah, it's convenient. Absolutely. I mean, I remember when I was a kid. You know, you used to get the little woods catalog through the door, and it used to be twenty-eight days delivery. Yeah, and I mean we're not going to move back to that. Hopefully, no. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's getting it's the work that goes into all this behind the scenes is immense, but it's becoming normalised and it's making it easier. And I'm, I always like to stay sort of positive on this stuff, but yeah, it's changing and it's changing for the better, and it's changing quite fast actually. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm hoping for good, like even better things to come, and we'll be updating. The sustainability report this year so you'll get our new numbers and it's very important that we always go back and look at ourselves because mm. we need to know where we're coming from and where we need to get to so that's going to be sort of something that we work on all the time at the start of the report it talks about um a conversation that john burke's had with a, a science professor and it seems like a good friend friend of his and the professor makes it quite clear to him that basically we have 10 years to make changes. And we're already three years into that, two, three years into that. We, we've got to make these changes because after that, that it's irreversible. You know, even if we make those changes, that we then start the, the effect that actually we can't go back on some of those effects. So that's why it's so important. And hopefully for our listeners... You know, this is an opportunity to educate yourself, understand what's going on in the industry that we love. You know, we love cycling. We love 
swim, you know, we love being active and there's an opportunity here to be as uh, responsible with that as possible. So that's kind of a serious point. The, the next bit is the quiz. <laughs> so we've, we've said quite a few stats in today's podcast. Um, so we are going to quiz you, Jez, on some of those numbers in terms of <laughs> what those equivalent to. So the first question is going to be, Trek have removed 196,680 kilograms of plastic waste from their packaging since 2020. Is this equivalent to A, 50 Asian elephants, B, 4 million kittens, or C, 3,200 UK men? 50 Asian elephants. Asian elephants, they're the big ones. Well, do they weigh about a ton? Turn that I'm going to go with elephants. I think the kids... You are spot on with the Asian elephants there. <laughs> they're actually the I almost went kittens, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the equivalent to 50 Asian elephants, 2 million kittens rather than 4 million. Yeah, And okay. it would be 2,300 UK men rather than 3,200. Brilliant. Um, the second one then is... So one bat water bottle cage can remove... 1,745 kilograms of discarded fishing nets from the ocean every year. Is this equivalent to A, 120 catfish, B, 350 starfish, or C, 10,500 tunas? I'm going to go tunas. Oh, it's only 7,000 tunas. Oh. It is, so it's equivalent to 350 starfish or 87 I've got tunas that were wild. Well, <laughs> you might know your tunas better than we do. There's quite a range. Like, a range. I just went with like somewhere in the middle. <laughs> um, finally then, over the course of the full 2021 model year production run, Trek were able to remove over 43,360 kilograms of plastic packaging from the Marlin alone. Is this equivalent to 135 motorbikes, 51 Fiat 500s, or 3,300 electric scooters? Ooh, I'm trying to think of my metric Go Fiat 500s, but that's a total guess. I might be able it's to... It's 43 Fiat 500 rather than the 51. It was actually 3,300 electric scooters. Was it? So, that was my... Yeah. I almost... <laughs> Hopefully that helps our listeners just put into kind of those, what those figures actually mean. You know, what does that actually yeah. look like? If you can picture yourself an Asian elephant or a Fiat 500... <laughs> See, the Asian... Yeah, the Asian elephant, I can picture that. Nice. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Just the last thing that I want to want to leave us with today is talking about recycled alloy and uh, you and Trek's use of recycled alloy uh, in their frames. Previously, Trek have been using kind of thirty percent of of recycled metal to reduce their carbon footprint uh, in their frames, which is massive when you think about the Huge. Marlin being like the biggest bike you guys sell, and that's all alloy. So yeah, there's there's. Obviously, there's there's big pressure on on companies to make changes and and laws and regulations, all kinds of things going on. It it's meant that demand has absolutely shot up for those materials. It it says in the report that you've needed to get creative with how to meet that demand. 
can I ask you what what is what does that mean in terms of being creative for Trek? Yeah, aluminium for the bike industry in particular, it's a you know it's a core commodity. Um, aluminium, you know, and, and it costs a hell of a lot in energy chemicals it produces as a toxins when you extract it so if you can recycle it you save 95 percent of your energy um so we actually historically used about 30 percent recycled aluminium as the demand for that global demand has gone up we've had to reduce that to 15 percent um so it's like well what do we do now where do we get this stuff from and it's kind of it's kind of a boring solution but we're orchestrating new sort of partnership models with um, the aluminium recyclers, and it's the it's the boring stuff like that that you do behind the scenes. Like, where do you get this from? How can you sort of get that material that's in high demand at a good price to still make bikes? That's the work that takes a lot of background sort of meetings and negotiations. But yeah, that's you know we're competing with the auto industry, the aerospace industry, and loads of other sort of high intensity manufacturing businesses um but yeah we've it's just making sure that we've got a voice on the global stage when it comes to those materials and again the bike is part of the solution in reducing that sort of carbon footprint we all have so it's an important step just to make sure we're heard and we can get the material that we need to make the place better to make the world a better place really great cheers thank you so much for your time today we really, no really, really appreciate it. And as I said, it's fantastic to see, um, you know, we everybody's seen a Trek bike and you can go see some more at, at Abbey Shop if, you want, <laughs> if you'd like to. Uh, and I'm so excited to get my hands on Speed Concept once it's yeah. here and built up. Um, thank you for your yeah, time. Yeah, and I just say a shout out yeah. really to consumers and retailers. Go and support your local bike shop. We're still big into, you know, people walking through and visiting a retailer and just being friends with their local bike shop so yeah shout out to all those guys we love talking to people about bikes and you don't get that elsewhere so (laughs) absolutely (laughs) fantastic well that's brilliant thank you jez and yeah thanks again for your time excellent thank you so much